When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Friday shopping at a local Walmart. That was not Black Friday shopping. That was angry foreigners. That was your Thanksgiving table. Trying to force their way (laughs) into the United States. Violently. Physically. You gotta admit all those sounds are similar. A a raucous Thanksgiving table. Black Friday at a Walmart. Or the border yesterday. We did have the Sheriff's Department circling our home in a helicopter, yes. (laughs) Briefly... Till Uncle Fred went home. We're going to go live to a border area with a reporter here in just a few minutes. So I hope you can stay tuned for that. Yes, indeed. A full report. And listen, the the tenor of the media coverage of this, as usual, has been just dumb. We're all about the tenor. <laughs> and the peace. <laughs> it's just been dumb. Okay. Look, I'm not pro five-year-old girls getting tear gassed. Who is? But the over-emotionalism is just... I don't know. All the My Pony stuff. Silly. Silly to me. You got to bring them down. I'm telling you. Give you something to cry about. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was over the line. I'd like you to apologize for that, Sean. I'm sorry, everybody. There you go. Uh, Yeah, speaking of sad, uh, Judy and I were flying on Thanksgiving, and because all three of our children have gone as far away from us as they can... Um, I've found as thanks- they've uh, left the nest. I'll be interested to hear what you say, because I've found Thanksgiving Day not to be a bad day to travel. I've traveled on it's Thanksgiving not- Day in the past. I- Wednesday's rough, Sunday's rough, the day of, not as many people. You know what's funny, though? I think it's akin to how like Apple Maps have ruined everybody's secret shortcut. Mm. 
Uh, and now, you know, for instance, uh, I, I read a report in L.A. There's no such thing anymore because everybody has the apps and everybody knows. So every sure. street is now clogged. Uh, traveling at Thanksgiving was pretty darn busy in the airports. I was surprised. Um, it's not as busy as the Friday or the Sunday, certainly, but it was busy. But so Jeannie and I were the flying. The Sunday will make you want to cut your own head off. Oh, I know. And uh, there are hundreds of flights canceled. The, the blizzard, Midwestern blizzards. Here's a hint. Try not to connect through Chicago or Denver in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. No just, matter what you do. Of course, if you live in Des Moines, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, connect through yeah. Tallahassee? Yeah. You can't do it. To go to our family Christmas, I always have to connect through Denver. But you can't be shocked when that happens yeah. in the wintertime. Yeah. And so uh, Judy and I were traveling uh, on Thanksgiving, and our kids have scattered to the, the four winds. And so we, we got home, and for Thanksgiving, we had a, a, a frozen pizza. And it wasn't even a real pizza. It was a barbecue chicken pizza. Here I am on the plane thinking, ah, nice hearty combo or something. That'll be fine. It's barbecue chicken. For Thanksgiving dinner. Which is a bastard pizza, in my opinion. The only, the biggest downside to not having a big Thanksgiving dinner at your own home is you don't have leftovers. Right. You don't have to make it or clean, which is not a minor thing. Because, God, I don't know what time it was Friday morning when I finally finished cleaning from Thursday, mm. but um, uh, having the leftovers is a big deal. You yeah. eat, eat, I ate, what, which is also weird, you eat like this big feast once a year. Oh, we'll just, oh, what? We'll break the rules one day a year. Then the next morning, you eat every bit as much of the exact same thing, sure. and then later that day. Mm. At least I did, yes, Sean. I reached a, an own personal milestone. I was pleased to discover that I am now... Passes out on the couch after Thanksgiving meal years old. That's that's wow. how old I was yeah. this year for the first time, and it was wonderful. <laughs> yes, Michael. Uh, you're talking about uh, going back, going over to somebody else's house for Thanksgiving. There's nothing worse than getting there and realizing there's not enough food. I've been in that situation. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, my grandparents used to do that. Oh. It was very small plates. I'm still oh, there from the generation that thought like a thousand calories was enough at a meal. Well, they're they're actually, sad. You know, they're actually right. I'd be disappointed also, and uh, and I've never had that experience. But it makes more sense than what the rest of us do. <laughs> One helping of everything. What are you talking about? I just remember sitting down and going, "Oh boy, I'm going hungry." I hope McDonald's is open. Oh, nobody was going hungry at my house. I'll tell you that. My beautiful wife is really working hard on uh, staying trim, keeping her girlish physique, and so. We made a pumpkin pie. We had uh, Thanksgiving Junior at my sister's house the next day. Mm-hmm. So my pity party is over now. Uh, but Judy, well, almost over. Judy made a pumpkin pie. About half of it was eaten there. So I had half a pumpkin pie. But that's plenty. For the seat. No, it's not. Of course, of course I'm coming. It's not but, nearly enough. I want another pumpkin pie. I'm coming from the perspective of someone who has binged on pie for four straight days. Well, right. So. Right. God you're, damn it. Yeah, you're, you're the, 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 the disgusting drunk waking up the next morning covered in yes. your own puke. <laughs> I'm the guy who's just come home after a 10-hour workday. I want a cocktail. <laughs> Don't tell me about drinking. You need to check your pie privilege. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Thank my God. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Solidarity, brother. And the best pumpkin pie I've ever had in my life. And my wife's homemade apple pie, which I keep telling you she's got to enter an affair. It would win a purple ribbon. I mean, what am I going to do, not eat those? I'm going to just let them get thrown away. Right. What? Put them right down the garbage disposal. No, you're not going to do that. (laughs) You're going to bring them to work. But Boy, how, I'm fascinated by the fact that she's purchased extra large pie tins now. Yeah, these pies were enormous. They were like Costco-sized pies oh. from our home. 
oven quit on us on Thursday, though. It was too tired. The oven. <laughs> it was exhausted. That's the, too many pies. <laughs> the oven gave out on a Thursday afternoon cooking Thanksgiving. Oh, no. Ladies or guys who cook, but mostly in my experience, it's been ladies who cook Thanksgiving dinner. Imagine that if the <sighs> oven quit on you in the middle of the day. Wow. Luckily, it was just us four and not a big house full of people. So, did you eat a uh, little turkey sushi or well, she's got... <laughs> a little raw turkey? <laughs> it was, you know, let's cut into this and see how pink it is because it uh, didn't make it all the way. Yeah. But um, she used the little oven thing that we got over here that she makes oh, the other stuff oven? in. Yeah, and oh, she yeah. cooked almost the entire Thanksgiving dinner in the tur- toaster oven, uh, which worked out. Yeah. But uh, it was, there was panic there for a while. I it was, was late in the day. We were watching like the third hour of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Honey. Wow. I'm grills and or smokes the turkey guy, and I didn't get to do it this year. And really, I'm useless if I'm not doing that. And so I felt kind of bad. God, I hate a lot. Did you have you did you weigh yourself before and after? Yeah. Our family did on Thursday. I came up with this idea. Thursday morning we all weighed ourselves first thing out of bed, well after a quick evacuation. <laughs> then we all weighed ourselves. And Everybody out. Then oh, we that's all, not what you mean? Then we, <laughs> then we all weighed ourselves in just our underwear. Right. And then we all weighed ourselves after oh, we ate. Man, yeah. To see who gained the most weight. Yeah, I saw you posted that. Yeah. And then somebody pointed out on the Twitter that while I gained, I think, five pounds. Sam gaining four pounds as a percentage oh, of yes. his body weight is way more impressive. Well, that's the way you have to judge he, it. I mean, if you had like an 8,000-pound circus elephant and it gained 10 <laughs> pounds, he wouldn't be the winner. No, right. Exactly. No. So Sam, who weighs 75, oh. gained four pounds during the day. That's an astounding achievement. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm just so <laughs> proud of all of you. <laughs> I was there. Does any other family weigh themselves <laughs> Yeah, I'd really know. Do you think I'm helping contribute to watching what you eat or doing the opposite? Michael, you're the voice of honesty on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Painstaking honesty. Uh, honesty. True or false, Jack is visibly fatter. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yes. I didn't want to say anything. Well, I didn't either. That's why I made you say it. <laughs> That's funny. Visibly heavier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't even need to weigh yourself. You can tell by looking. Yeah. Yeah, no. I feel that way. Well, I hope everybody took a moment for actual thankfulness and counting your blessings. It's the something you ought to do regularly. I know you do it every day, Jack, don't you? you I you do try? every night before I go to bed. I would, yeah. I'll, I'll Someday I'll be blessed to remember to do that. But, um, yeah, that's a good policy, and I hope you remembered what the day was all about. And, you know, frankly, I hope you were with people that didn't make your skin crawl, because that makes it harder to be thankful if you're... With people by obligation and not uh, actual affection. Here's something we'll talk about later. And I know a lot of you suffered through that. God bless you. Here's something we'll talk about later because we have a reporter at the border because we're being invaded by migrant hordes. That's right. My son said at the Thanksgiving table, my third grader said, why are we celebrating us starting a war with the Indians? Oh, my God. And I thought, thank you, public school system. Oh, my God. actually thought of the King of the Hill episode where Bobby said, I will not eat the white man's white meat. <laughs> A classic. <laughs> Basically what my son said. Well, and I'm sure 30 seconds worth of explanation opened his eyes. It's amazing that academics can't see through a third grade level claim like that about Thanksgiving. Bobby, in honor of your first carving, we're going to fry up one of the turkeys this year. That is no way to celebrate the rape of the Native Americans for 350 years.
Bobby, don't use the word rape. It's not polite. I don't know how else to describe this idiotic ritual. Dad, you and your white people stole hundreds of thousands of acres from John Redcorn, and now you celebrate by frying a turkey? When does the killing end? <laughs> wow. That was our Thanksgiving table. Wow. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know if you've seen the videos of the people storming the border in the San Diego area yesterday. Part of the caravan, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if anybody's sure exactly who was was uh, storming the border, but it was quite the scene. Yeah, it's not like they wear uniforms, but it's uh, thought that they were. Ned Aranpour of San Diego CBS News 8 is uh, joining us now. She's been reporting on the clash at the border there at San Ysidro. Netta, welcome. How are you? Hi, good morning. We're doing good. It's a lot calmer here today, thankfully. How chaotic was it during the uh, the chaos? Um, things turned pretty violent yesterday. The video definitely shows that there are a lot of people rushing the fence line at the U.S.-Mexico uh, border. So just south of San Ysidro's port of entry is where a lot of this happened. We're now getting word from customs agents that 42 people actually made it across into the U.S. side, and they were arrested uh, yesterday, and then 39 people in Tijuana were also arrested. But the mayor of Tijuana now threatening that 500 of those migrants could be deported back to Central America for attempting to rush the border fence. That's something, you know, they've been warning on both sides of the border that these migrants should not be doing. Uh, there's been about 6,000 of them now from Central America who made it to Tijuana and Mexicali nearby. And so they're now dealing with this influx of people, migrants, what to do with them. And a lot of these people really want to seek asylum in the U.S., but they're being told they may have to wait one to two years as they wait to get on the list to meet with U.S. immigration officers. So initially, yesterday, it all started as a march from the migrants who were asking, hey, we want to be seen by U.S. immigration officers sooner than one to two years. Can you see us immediately? And then a few out of that group ended up rushing the border, and that's when things really got chaotic. They had to close down the port of entry, which, of course, the busiest travel day. This is the busiest port in the world uh, as people go back and forth into U.S. and Mexico. Yeah, that just had to be insane for U.S. Mm-hmm. citizens trying to come back to the country. But I saw a lot of rock chucking going on. Was anybody hurt? Uh, they actually say no one was hurt on either side of the border. Yes, they were. Uh, agents were saying they were projectiles. I guess rocks were being thrown at them from the Mexico side towards customs agents, towards Border Patrol. And then they had to write tear gas, which sent a lot of people running away further south um, because of that. So there were... You know, puffs of smoke that could be seen right along the fence line and some projectiles going back and forth, it looked like. So you spoke a little to the uh, how it started, because I wondered about that. Did, does it seem like it was a spontaneous event, or did some people have a plan and then others followed? Uh, does anybody know? It's hard to say the intentions. I, I know this is you know a group of more than 6,000 people, so of course all of their intentions would not necessarily be the same, sure. and that's been the ongoing 
problem here since the caravan arrived. You know, there's a lot of people who want to do things the right way, stay in the shelters, get on the list, and just wait it out until they can uh, gain asylum into the U.S. But then there's some people who are kind of loitering the streets and sleeping on the sidewalks and causing trouble for the people in Tijuana. So a lot of the residents who live in this border beach community don't want those members here. And it is giving the, you know, the entire group a bad name because of the actions of a few. Uh, because with so many people, there are some who are breaking laws and trying to cross the fence illegally, as they've been told repeatedly not to do. Netta Aranpour of uh, San Diego CBS News 8 is on the line. You say it's uh, calm so far today. Nothing going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully the port of entry now open, of course, north southbound lanes, the pedestrian walkway all closed yesterday. But now people are able to pass through. And a lot of people use this port, of course, to work uh, in both U.S. and Mexico. So it's very heavily traveled. 100,000 people travel this port every single day. So they are definitely glad that things are that business as usual now. Uh, Netta, thanks very much. We appreciate the report. Sure. No problem. Uh, Netta Ranpour of uh, CBS News 8. Boy, that reminds me. I should have dug this up. I'll have to try to find it. So I saw some clips of the mayor of Tijuana because they got a problem. You're running a big city. And you got five, 6,000 people that all of a sudden shown up, and are they staying here forever, or what are they doing, and some of them causing problems? Right. And the mayor of Tijuana actually used some of the Trump language, where he said some of these people are criminals, they've sent their criminals up here, and I thought, well, oh some my God. Of them are. Well, yes, but that's the sort of, that is the I'm just, statement that Trump has been criticized now for two and a half years. I can't believe that Tijuana would elect an American racist as their mayor. That seems astonishing to me because I'm told over and over again that's the only reason you would possibly be quote unquote anti immigrant. Right. Which this. again is if my child expressed that point of view, I would take that child in my loving arms and explain to them that uh, reality is a little more complicated than that. The fact that American mainstream media spouts that nonsense over and over again that, you know, some people just hate immigrants. No, I hate lawlessness. I hate violence. I hate uh, MS-13 members coming into the country. I hate people jumping in front of good, honest, decent, would-be immigrants to this wonderful country and elbowing them in the mouth, metaphorically speaking, saying, no, I'm going first. I don't like that. Well, and the mayor of Tijuana also said, we just can't handle this many people, which is just a reality. Even if everybody was a good law-abiding gonna, it would make your city better if they were here, nobody's got the capacity to just take in a certain number of people. You reach right. a limit of assimilation. It right. just is. And denying that is well makes you a crazy person or an ideologue, which often is the same thing. So uh, one of my favorite aspects of the coverage on this, uh, of this rather, on the mainstream media, is that every every time they mention it, they mention that it began with a peaceful protest, and then turned violent with tear gas and all. And I'm like, okay, you know, it began with a peaceful protest. What does that mean? It probably began with waking up and having breakfast. So why don't you emphasize that it began with breakfast? And then a shower, then going to the john. Then the families weighed themselves to see how much they would eat that day. Exactly. Then flipping through the newspaper. Then yawning and saying, what do you want to do today? The point is the violent part. All violence starts with nonviolence. Unless people wake up in the morning and punch their spouse, then, you know, kick their dog, and then go to the violent protest. It's irrelevant. People charged the border and hurled rocks at our guys. Can't have it. Won't have it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and then the, the, listen. How many times have you, if you if you're a news junkie like me, you've seen the picture of a shoeless little girl running from the tear gas? Hey, Ma, what were you doing right there at the fence when the rock chucking and the fighting was going on? When people were trying to pull down the fence, get your little kids back. I I love the position we've put Mexico in and Tijuana in. I think it's a great political play. How are you going to handle this situation? And you don't let the people across, then they've got to handle it. How are you going to deal with this? A lot right. of the things that you do and say are going to look very similar to the things that I, Donald Trump, do and say. Right, right. It's easy to come off as saintly and to say nothing but the most wonderful, kind, and gentle things when these people are just passing through your country. Well, we're not going to stand in the way of uh, migrants, these hard-working, fine people who are merely seeking a better life. Keep moving. Keep moving, keep moving. Then the minute they have to stay in Mexico, all of a sudden Mexico's like, whoa, there are a lot of criminals here. We don't have the social services for these people. What are you asking us to do? Oh, that's an amazing about face. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, frequent Trump defender Alan Dershowitz warning the Mueller report will be devastating for the Trump administration. His explanation is important, though, so stay tuned for that. And NASA's latest mission to Mars, getting ready to land today. A lot of excitement about this latest exploration coming up. Will we be greeted with Martians holding guns? Ray guns. Wow. Could turn ugly. Uh, they're going to be saying we got an invasion on our border. We got to blow the tentacles off of them. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We have the videos of uh, migrants storming the border yesterday, posted at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Coming up, I've got the actual quotes. I dug them up. From the mayor of Tijuana, right. they could have been written by Donald Trump himself. It's really just. Highly entertaining, the way the whole thing has gone down. Oh, yeah. But that's on the way. We do need a one-word market report from Sean, because I don't know if you're paying attention. Last week, rough week for the markets. Yep. Um, I'll see where we are today, Sean. Uh, the market is cyberific. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 What's that? Uh, it's it's having a really good day. Now, some people are talking about this just might be some whipsaw trading, as explained by the Elliott Wave Theory. I'm not one of those people because I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Good. That's fantastic. Good. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Alan Dershowitz, a frequent defender of President Trump, is warning about the effect the special counsel Robert Mueller's report could have on the administration. The Harvard Law professor telling ABC News' George Stephanopoulos he believes the president is going to have to navigate the political impact of a potentially damning final report from the special counsel. Using information for that report from a lot of people formerly tied to the president. And I think the report is going to be devastating to the president. And I know that the president's team is already working on a response to the report. Dershowitz going on to add. It will be made public probably with a response alongside. The president will say, ah, look, it's political. There's their account and there's our account. And then the American public will have to judge the credibility. for you to say it's devastating is really something. Well, well, the critical questions are largely political. When I say devastating, I mean it's going to paint a picture that's going to be politically very devastating. I still don't think it's going to make a criminal case because collusion is not criminal. So the the mainstream media, of course, is going with the first part of that statement. Um, Dershowitz... 
I can't believe I think exactly like the Harvard Law professor, but he comes up with exactly what I've thought is going to happen all along. There are going to be some shenanigans that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. None of it crosses the line into criminality. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a political question, and most people, like 99%, will be the same place they were before. you either okay with it because you support Trump, or you hate it because you hate Trump. Right. Yeah, it could certainly be uh, suggested that if the full extent of the Hillary campaign's uh, collusion, if you like that word, with uh, with the old uh, Man Steel and the dossier and GPS fusion and how they exploited all sorts of Russian government sources for their information, if you spell that all out, that, that's pretty devastating, too. That's ugly. I mean, that's consorting with Russian goons and spooks for political purposes, and that's ugly. If it turns out the Trump campaign did the same thing, all right, that's kind of ugly, too, but... As uh, uh, the Dersha man pointed out, it's a political question. Do you think it's so disgusting you won't work, uh, you won't vote for him anymore? Keeping in mind, there are always just two real choices. <laughs> <laughs> you got him or Kamala Harris. What are you going to do? Got a She's going to get booted off the Judiciary Committee, it looks like. Did you see really? that? Really? Why? Um, because just of the way seniority works. So the Democrats took charge uh, of the House, but the Republicans got more control of the Senate. And the way they uh, apportion how many people are in each committee and everything like that, the lowest Democrat needs to go off that committee. That's her prize position. That's where she's getting all this news coverage, mm-hmm. is yelling at people from the Judiciary Committee. But she's the lowest-ranking Democrat. And if they follow the rules they've always had in place, they got to boot her off. I'm confused by that, but I'll take your take your word for it. I think one more Republican gets to sit in, and so one less Democrat. And she's, she's the lowest-ranking, and so mm-hmm. she's got to go. Anyway, um, so the Democrats might change the rules about the way yeah. they do that and boot off somebody else that ranks higher than her just to keep her on there because she's such a high-profile figure. And there's talk about, boot- oh, a black woman gets kicked off the Judiciary Committee, you know, that sort of thing. So, Because if she's running for president, she wants to be in that position, right. especially when the Judiciary Committee's taking on these various Trump at, you know things and if collusion does make it that far and all that. A NASA spacecraft is expected to be landing on Mars today. The Mars InSight lander is scheduled to touch down on the Martian surface right around noon West Coast time. NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab says the Mars... Martians will be fine. It was okay for the Indians when we arrived. The Martians will be fine. NASA says the Mars mission will streak into the planet's atmosphere at 12,000 miles an hour. It'll be slowed by hey, retro that's rockets. Way too fast. <laughs> It'll be slowed by retro rockets in a giant parachute. Is retro it... rockets like style like a '57 Chevy. Yes. Is that what a retro yes. rocket is? And yes. a big parachute. Is this Wiley e. Coyote landing on Mars? <laughs> that's the way we do it. It's the Acme rocket. It doesn't inflate the big old balloon and bounce like the, there was one that encased itself in an inflatable right. balloon and bounced to a stop. Right. That was one of the uh, early landers. But, right. Uh, yeah. This doesn't say anything about a balloon. It's got a big parachute. So this thing is going to measure Mars quakes, similar to yes. earthquakes, only on Mars. Yes. And they'll be able to figure out what the uh, the inside of Mars is like. Everything else we've ever done is examine the outside of Mars. Right. This is going to examine the inside of Mars. And it's got a drill, and so it's going to drill at least 16 feet underground to give scientists a better understanding of how Mars evolved. Now, inside of Mars, Mars is delicious nougat. I don't know if that's what we'll find inside Mars. <laughs> it's or not. entirely possible. 
The 49ers parting ways with linebacker Reuben Foster. The team announcing Sunday morning they're releasing him just hours after he got arrested on domestic violence charges on Saturday night. Well, that really hurt the 49ers. Their serial woman beater would have really been useful in chasing after the oft-arrested alleged rapist quarterback of the Buccaneers. So that really hurt their chances, Marsh. Yeah. Oof. Niners lost to the Buccaneers. I watched an NFL game and I had to hold my nose. I don't know why I did. I'll stop again. Hey, meanwhile, Philip Rivers tied the NFL record for consecutive completions and set marks for the That's most. That's why I watch, because of the exciting stuff. Yes. Philip Rivers, are you kidding me? The Los Angeles Chargers rolling to a 45-10 to victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Well, well no. you got to say, he completed 25 yes. passes in a row. Yes. That is amazing. That's um, astonishing. But who here saw what I just read about, the Rams-Chiefs game, which many people are calling among the greatest football games ever? Yeah. I watched Did you every watch minute it? of it. Oh, yeah. was it as great as it sounds? That was astonishing. Yeah, I wish I'd have seen it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. There you go. The wrong your... result is a, a guy rooting for the Chiefs. But... That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And that's and that's the reason they moved that out of Mexico City. I mean, I, I believe their story, the turf wasn't that good. They didn't want that game in Mexico. No. No way. No. They knew that's the future of the NFL right there. Yes, L.A., uh, you've shown over and over again you don't actually care about the NFL and can barely support one team, and now we've given you two. Now that you have the game of a lifetime, we're going to play it in another country. <laughs> yeah, That would have been a tough pill to swallow yeah. for Rams fans. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd have seen that. I had people texting me like crazy during that game, but I was busy raising Hanson. children. Hanson, you've been following the Chargers back to San Diego story more closely than the rest of us. What are the odds? You speak with words. Trying. Out of your mouth. The Here odds that go. they'll go to the Super Bowl? No, that they'll come back to oh, San come Diego. come back. <sighs> Never. All right, so the odds are 50-50. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> What the mayor of Tijuana said about the migrants that have shown up in his town is pretty interesting. What people are saying in the streets of Tijuana about the migrants being town. And so all sound familiar to you. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. says about the migrants that are camped in this town and attempted to get into the United States Is yesterday. he a member of the alt-right? He uh, must work for Donald Trump. Coming up in just a few moments. Just a quick clarification on the, uh, the Kamala Harris thing. The, the Republicans lost a couple of uh, senators to um, uh, retirement. Flaky Jeff Flake and old uh, Bobby Corker. Flaky Jeff Flake. And... Since it's up to the majority party how big a committee is, there you go. They've been talking about it for a long time that the judicial committee is just too big anyway. So they God, said, it would right. seem like it when watching that hearing. You don't need that many people. Oh, yeah. It's too many. So they said, "All right, fine, we'll take it down to uh, 19. 10 of us, nine of you. You got to lose somebody." <laughs> and Kamala Harris is lowest on. And if you follow right. the rules they've always had, she'd be out. But the Democratic Party doesn't want her to get booted. And I can understand she's a rock star for this whole thing. So right. you got to come up with a different rule all of a sudden. Right. And or somebody has to volunteer to step down. So they're trying to tempt, for instance, Diane. Did we make the call? 
Did you make did who made the call? She says we made the call. Did you make the call? We made the call. They're trying to tempt Diane Feinstein onto or others onto some big uh, high profile other committee. Not everyone in Tijuana has reacted kindly to the presence of the migrants. Residents along the city's beaches verbally confronted local authorities. Those racists, right? Members the of the alt right, racists of Tijuana, treating these kind migrants who are only there to make their families' lives better. This way, racism is the only possible motivation for this. I've just I've heard that so many times. Our families come first. People were chanting last Wednesday. Our country comes first, and then it's their turn. If they come here violently, they will leave the same way. No! Tensions were running high. Um, Get to the signs. A group of about 300 residents marched uh, toward the chaos with signs saying, Leave Honduran. We don't want you here. No to the invasion. Mexico first was the chant they kept chanting all along. Wow. Um, There are various... Uh, immigrants' rights groups, whatever that exactly means. Um, it's kind of like Antifa, I mean, when it comes to naming something. But sure. immigrants' rights groups saying, we don't need a Trump Jr. in Tijuana of the mayor for some of the comments that uh, that the mayor has made. Now that's name-calling. I prefer logic in my political arguments. Um, the mayor... Gastelum has been quoted as saying, supposedly they are fleeing catastrophe, mistreatment in their countries of origin. How is it possible that they arrive here and if they want, create disorder? It's not right. You're going to tell me we have to respect human rights, but human rights are for law-abiding humans. Whoa, you have to follow the process. You have to follow the law. More racism. If you want to be treated that way, that's just not cool. Uh, He also went on to say that they would not use any taxpayer money on these uh, these migrants. I'm not going to use any of the money that the good people of Tijuana have paid in for taxes for this situation. Listen, the reason for our sarcasm... Mexico first! Is, is, <laughs> ...is obvious. Build a wall down on our border. Make America pay, or Guatemala or Honduras pay for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the point of the sarcasm is obvious. And if you're an actual racist, this does not apply to you. But if you're not, and you just want a coherent immigration policy applied in an even-handed way, that a, a person from India, a person from China, a person from Honduras, a person from England has to follow the rules and, and are treated with respect and human dignity, if that's your point of view, don't let anybody bully you into silence because they call you a racist. That's a ridiculous allegation. And actually, a, a, a morally repugnant thing to say. To somebody who's not. Human rights are for humans who behave the right way, said the mayor of Tijuana, and threatened to use Article 333 of the Mexican Constitution, mm. which states that the executive branch... That. That's a third of the way to Article 1000, which is a nightmare. <laughs> which states that the executive branch can immediately expel any foreigner whose presence becomes inconvenient. Tijuana is a city of migrants. We just don't want them this way, he said. They are aggressive, vulgar, and they bully authorities. Well, I can see how he gets called Trump Jr. I don't huh. have a problem with that. Well, it's no, self-evident. People just can't show up in your city or country and demand to stay there and do whatever the hell they want. No, that's not the way anybody actually does things. The great irony of this is in Mexico, you can't, as, an, uh, as a non-citizen, you can't participate politically at all. You can't protest you can't apply for a redress of your grievances. It's it's uh, if you're not a citizen, we're, we have no interest in your opinion. And you know it's pretty ironic that 
you see what you've seen for the last several decades, not only out of, uh, you know, the current crop of Central Americans, but out of Mexican citizens themselves. But listen, these people are smart. They're they're smart. They're ambitious. They're aggressive in ways that are admirable. And they read the newspaper and certainly the activist community and the cartels that are making lots and lots of money on human, uh, you know, trafficking and and the human transport. They're smart people. They understand American politics. They understand how to uh, exploit American politics. The women and children are there for a reason. Some of them just want a better life, and, and I have a great deal of sympathy for that. But the activists push them out front because they know the alphabet networks and NPR and the big newspapers are going to feature those pictures because they're really compelling. The mayor, but that, the quote-unquote caravan is primarily healthy young men looking for work. The mayor of Tijuana referred to the caravan as a tsunami of people that his city would have trouble dealing with. Talked about the various diseases they might be bringing in with their sick children. And, of course, uh, immigrants' rights people said using t- tsunami is a... Uh, is calling them less than human and all the very the very sort of thing people would say about Donald Trump if he said that. Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. A tsunami. That's that's water. They're comparing these people to water. Boy, when somebody makes an argument like that, they are just full of crap. I mean, there's no better term to describe it. That's chanting ridiculous. Chanting Tijuana first, long live Mexico, and waving Mexican flags. The protesters outside God, the sports more stadium. Alt right, white supremacy. Out of Mexicans. I will not I will not spend Tijuana's money on this, said the mayor. I will not bring Tijuana into debt. That is something. Huh? Well, not surprising to me. No, of course. Of course. So, um, this is happy news. Mika and Joe got married over the weekend. Oh. Mika Brzezinski is now Mika Scarborough, as she has taken Joe Scarborough's last name. Finally made an honest woman of her. <laughs> they did not in the least have a pretentious wedding. They were married uh, in this big rotunda building there in Washington, D.C. Uh, I have the specifics, but go on. In front of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Yes. I, <laughs> if you are prone to vomiting, get a trash can next to you as I read what I'm about to read. I kid you not. Their, their wedding was at the National Archives in front of the Constitution. Why? And I quote Mika go. Brzezinski. Mika Scarborough. Mika Scarborough, it makes sense now more than ever, given what we stand for as a couple, what we do for as a for a living, and what we're worried about as a country. They practically wrapped themselves in the Constitution <laughs> to they, get married and claimed that they were its prime defenders. If capital authorities wouldn't have shot them for trying to do it. They would have, she would have been, and she is wearing the Constitution of the United States, written by James Madison, and uh, she looks lovely in it. It's slimming. The parchment is so flattering to her fair features. Like I get it, that's their thing, but I should be able to make fun of that just the same way that if I went to New Zealand to get married where the Lord of the Rings was shot, <laughs> to be married under the eye of Sauron, that's ridiculous. That's you know, pretty funny. Keep in mind that Mika would like to take a pair of scissors to the Constitution, because she considers is it a living document that ought to be altered by each generation? Anyway, that's something. This is what our marriage stands for, standing up for the Constitution. It makes sense now more than ever. That's not pretentious Ooh, ah, at there all. There it goes. Oh, <laughs> wow. man. That's a little tough to that take. That was a good breakfast, too. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.